Have you ever wondered why some entrepreneurs seemingly catapult to the top in a short period of time, while others take years or even give up on their dreams? The fastest path to success is positioning yourself as an authority. Follow me on my journey to build my online dream business as I interview successful entrepreneurs, uncover marketing strategies to grow your business, and help position you as the authority. I'm Steph Shinneberry, and this is The Authority Marketing Edge. Welcome to Authority Marketing Edge. Today, I'll be interviewing Jelena Ostrovska. Jelena got her start in online marketing space while she was still in high school. She said she went from struggling high school student who was, in quotations, too Russian to even record a video to the number eight blogger in the MLM industry. Since she's been building her business online with social media marketing and automation strategies, as well as coaching others how to do the same. Jelena has been recognized on stage as a top affiliate, as well as speaking on stages for hundreds of people. Outside of business hours, you can find her at Sephora stores, in the airports of different cities, or reading books. Jelena, thanks for being here. Thanks for coming back. This is your second interview. I'm so glad to have you back. Thank you so much, Steph. Yeah, always a pleasure. So, so, so happy to be here again. Awesome. So last time we talked a little bit about the, your number one suggestion for people growing their influence uh, and establishing themselves as an authority was content marketing. So today I'd like to dive a little bit deeper into that. And the first thing is to um, how, how, what is your best advice on building like an organic following? Is that with content marketing? Yeah, so, okay, so I'll share with you a little bit of uh, how I kind of got started that I think a lot of people are going to relate to because when you get started online, whether you build your personal brand, whether you have a network marketing or affiliate business, or you are creating your own offers, maybe like you're in the process of that. So it's always hard to, for example, let's say if you've always been hanging around Facebook, so your next thought is basically, okay, so I'm just going to go to Facebook because that's the next logical step. I already know the platform. I don't really know what's going on on the other platforms. And then the issue that I ran into, which I don't know if a lot of people are going to have, like, you know, maybe just, you know, not, not native English speakers. So when I started creating content in English and me being Russian, then all of my friends were basically like rolling their eyes and laughing and saying like, who, do, you know, who does she think she is? What is she talking about here? Why is it all in English? You know, you're Russian. What are you doing? You know, things like that. So I basically had zero engagement. Nobody really knew who I was. So I was basically just trying to, you know, tap into, I guess, like the American market and network with other leaders and being 19 or, you know, 20 and trying to stand out. It's, it's not, it's not the easiest thing to do, especially when you live in a country that nobody knows where it's at. Not to mention that you have an accent that not everybody understands. So talking about, you know, jumping on phone calls or even videos is just like out, out of the world. So that may be out of the question for a lot of your listeners. So, but still a lot of the times, you know, people come up to me and they say, well, Julina, I've been posting on Facebook, but I don't really feel comfortable because my, you know, classmate Jane makes fun of me. So, you know, and I ran into the problem like, okay, so if I have no engagement, that just goes to show that I need to build an audience. So posting content is one thing, but if you don't have a budget in the beginning and you're not ready for the ads, because honestly, 
I feel like in your first year of business, you really don't need to be running the ads. You can build everything organically um, and then invest the money into the ads when you know that you have a really good offer, when you know how to create good content that attracts that audience. And when, you know, you have more of a strategy already, not when you're just like trying to throw some dollars at Facebook and hope that something's going to stick. So, and as far as organic audience, I basically did a 90 day run. Um, well, actually I did two 90 day runs in a row to where I was messaging people every single day. I was adding like 20 new people every single day, sending messages to them. I was going basically into the places where my ideal client was hanging out at. Uh, at the time it was Facebook groups and also I was uh, networking a lot on Facebook pages. Uh, and these pages included like Eric Worre because I was in the marketing back then. Uh, it included Brandon Burchard, Tony Robbins, um, you know, the big leaders that we follow, obviously. And some Facebook groups that also, you know, I mean, I actually used to hang out in spammy groups and that used to be like a whole strategy back in the days, so like 2014 and 15. But then that's not really something that works anymore uh, because Facebook has so many value-based Facebook groups at this point where to where you really should just get out of all spamming groups. <laughs> like if I'm completely honest with you, like it's just not, um, not going to do any good. So when you combine content strategy, content marketing and go into places where your audience is hanging out and, you know, attracting them into your own profile, that's something that's going to work really good in basically combination. I love that. And so, yeah, so you're really something, someone we should listen to because you did go from a high school student in Russia who were, you weren't getting the traction that you wanted to get. So you made, you actually made the decision to come to, to, uh, to market to the American audience or to probably, was it just a, was it just the U S or did you do like Canada and other English speaking countries as well? Yeah, I basically, yeah, I basically did uh, English speaking people. And, you know, as I was going into groups some pages, um, you know, I basically just kind of, you know, I didn't really look at the countries of the people that right. I was talking to. Right. Um, Cause I have customers from Australia. I work with people from even New Zealand, um, United Kingdom, Canada, UK. And, you know, I always still attract some Russians and some Europeans. So that's kind of like, that kind of came secondary, but like Americans and Canadians are, you know, my main market. The number one. So uh, when you're doing, so I know I hear this all the time. I know you do because I know this, because Jelena was my first business coach. And so like con creating content, especially when you're new, is just like, I feel like it's just overwhelming. And it's like, where, what do I do? You know, I don't know where to start. And so if you're, I know that you're big into content creation. So what kind of like, how do you tell people to start? How, like, how do you, what kind of strategies do you direct people for creating content? Yeah. So yeah, I remember when we were working together, that was like one of those things like, Oh my gosh, like, I don't know what to talk about. I don't know if I should talk about health and wellness or if I should talk about business. So it was kind of like a mix. So I think in the beginning you kind of have to decide, of like okay so what is it that i'm going to be promoting because your content is going to be directly correlated with your offer and you know there's some coaches that say oh you first have to build an audience and then make an offer i think that's a bunch of bs because honestly if you build an audience that is interested in health but you're going to be talking about makeup or you're going to be talking about business they're not going to be interested in that so you have to really work backwards and figure out, okay, what kind of offer do I have right now? Do you have network marketing? Do you have affiliate marketing? 
Um, do you feel confident enough to just go ahead and create your own offer? Maybe you already are an expert and you're like, well, I'm a life coach, so I can create my own package and this is how I'm going to help people. So, and then you like, there's one tip that I learned from Amy Porfield, which I think is like just flat out genius. So your paid content is always going to help you direct your free content. So let's say you have a paid program. Let's just say it's like six modules and you talk about, you know, like six different topics. So you would pull from that program, create that content, attract that audience, and then selling that offer is going to make so much sense. Right. right. So I feel like if you are kind of like not sure, like, you know what I'm going to do, then you just take an offer that you have and think about the audience that's going to want to buy it and what kind of things they're searching. So you can even go to Google and, you know, find like do the search and do like a bit of a keyword research and think about, okay, so what are people asking? Or even go to Quora. Like I think Quora.com is also a great place to go and see like what, what people are asking. Cause you know, some people say forums are dead. Honestly, Facebook is a big forum. <laughs> like if you think <laughs> about it and then Quora is great because people are always asking questions and that's the kind of questions that your audience is going to be asking. So always let your paid offer direct your free content. I love that. You know, Steven Larson talks about that too. He, you know, he says, don't start at the bottom of your value ladder. You start at the, you know, the top of your value ladder and then you work backwards. So it's basically the same thing yeah. that we're talking that Amy Porterfield was saying. So I love that. So um, do you have any specific uh, methods for your brainstorming your ideas? I know you're a very creative person. You're always like, like Jelena will do like three months of YouTube videos <laughs> at once. It's amazing. <laughs> this girl's a content machine. <laughs> Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. I have so many methods. Okay. So we can start with, um, okay. So back, I'll give you like something that I did a lot for when I was actually posting articles on my website. Cause like my blog has been like my very first thing I ever worked on. I probably at this point have over 400 articles. Uh, so since, and my website is like five years old. So like it's had like a little birthday this year. Um, so yeah, like one, um, one way, Quora or Facebook, like I would go into Facebook groups and I would always pay very close attention to what people are asking, especially if I see the same question pop up twice or three times, like that gives me a sign. Okay. So that's probably something I can talk about and then direct people to the next uh, way I create content is, you know, obviously I talk to a lot of people. So like I'm on messenger pretty much all the time on Facebook, on Instagram. And now I also got myself into LinkedIn. So, and when you know, you build your authority, then you're going to have people asking questions. Like a lot of the times I would get a question in my inbox, like, Hey, how do you, um, you know, how do you work on your content? Or like, I would get one of those, uh, questions that's like, like, I can't really reply to you in one message because that's a whole subject. So I would go ahead and do a video and I told people flat out, Hey, like, is it okay if I send you a YouTube video? I already talked about that. And they're like, nobody will ever tell you no, unless they're just a jerk. So that's something that's, um, I mean, those like conversations are also going to help you promote that content. Um, so whenever like you talk to people, like you have to kind of remember what videos or, um, you know, blog posts you've created. So you can always direct people to, because again, you control what's going on on your website. So that's like a plus obviously. Um, so then the other place that I love is Pinterest. So I don't do a whole lot on Pinterest at this point, um, like as we record this video, but uh, podcast, but 
um, like I would go in and I would basically like you have to treat Pinterest like a search engine, right? Because like it's not really a social media platform. I mean, yeah, you can message people and things like that. But I mean, realistically, you know, if I do a search on Google, then Pinterest is always going to show up in one way or another. So um, and I would go in and I would like type in the keywords that are for my niche. So let's say if I want to do a video about, um, you know, social media content ideas, I can type that in. If I want to talk about branding, I can type the keyword branding. And then also Pinterest is going to give me ideas and like suggestions for keywords. So it gets, it makes, makes it super, super easy because there's Pinterest. Honestly, it's just a place with a bunch of people promoting their websites and their content. And also some people create those infographics, which I call them visual blog posts. And, um, you know, I would never copy, but I always get ideas and then I put them into, you know, my own way of saying things. So Pinterest is another one. Uh, I just, when was, there was like a couple of days. Yeah. Like this past weekend, um, like at the end of February, I, um, when was it? Yeah. I mean, honestly, like the end of February, the end of January, the end of, you know, December, like the end of the month, I always sit down and I record all my videos for like the next month for YouTube. So, um, I did that and the way I do it basically takes me two days to really make all of my content for YouTube. So one day I sit down and I do basically, I just go into YouTube and I just do a search and I just look for people who create content similar to me. I look for people in my niche because if they are creating a video around, you know, let's say like a YouTube tutorial and they have, you know, a hundred thousand views, that tells me that, oh, like they probably have, you know, a keyword that they can rank for. So I wonder if I can do the same. So I would do the keyword research first before I even like think about recording a video. Um, and then after I do the keyword research, like I would have, you know, four or five topics for the month as I'm publishing, you know, one YouTube video a week. And then I would have all of that. Like I know what keywords I need to say in my videos. I need, you know, what keywords I need to put in my title. You know, I have the title and everything prior to recording. Then I make the bullet points and then I sit down and I record. And basically what I do, I put my makeup on and then the entire day, like the first day I plan. And then the second day I make myself all pretty, put that Sephora makeup on <laughs> and then have, you know, four or five outfits. And then I just like record the entire day and just like, I literally don't do anything else. And then, that gets sent to a video editor and then all the magic happens. So yeah, those are kind of like my main ways, you know, just conversations, getting ideas from other people's content, um, you know, forums like Quora, Pinterest, and then the other, I mean, just general personal development. Like I would listen to a podcast. I would get an idea. I would, um, you know, even like interviews like this, I can always get ideas for, you know, my future content. So yeah, you basically, I always say that if you like, if you don't want to struggle with content creation and getting ideas, you always have to stay woke. So like you have to stay woke when it comes to Facebook groups, what's going on in your audience and really what's going on in the world in general. Cause a lot of the times, you know, we would use, you know, we would see what's kind of trending, what's going on. If there's big changes on social media, if there is like a big event happening, like, you know, like the Academy Awards that was going on in February, and you can use that for your marketing as well, just to get like, you know, get attention to your content. So basically have to always keep your eyes open. Right. Not, not just be a consumer, but actually when you're reading stuff to actually be like mining for information, for content yeah. or, you know, ideas and stuff like that. So 
Oh, that's great. Great. This is so, this is really good. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, Jelena, what, how would you uh, say that your vision has changed for your business since you began as a high school student? Oh my gosh, so much, so much. Okay, so I'll tell you my first vision that I had and like the reason why I joined network marketing in the first place. So when I was 18 and like that was the time when I had to figure out what I was gonna do with my life and if I was gonna go to college or university, which was obviously my initial thought because I had like, that's the only thing we know people do after school. So, and I was thinking about like, Harvard and like something fancy because like I was a straight A student so like obviously I didn't kind of want to let it go to waste um, so I was looking at all the possibilities all the options if I wanted to go to America if I wanted to go to um, you know London or like the UK or, or something so you know like I wanted to go to a good school because I thought that was going to guarantee that I was going to you know be sorted in life and then obviously this wasn't the case but then the problem that I ran into like all of them are expensive like all of them. I mean, Harvard is like $60,000 a year. And like, I had to study for four or five years. And I was just like, man, like, I didn't even have that kind of money, nor do my family. So, and when my dad showed me network marketing, and when I started listening to all these presentations, like I saw all the numbers, I saw all these like circles on the wall and everything. And I was like, man, if I can make 50 grand a month, then I can pay for my college. So that was literally my vision, my motivation. Um, I basically just joined just to pay my college degree. Um, and then obviously I didn't really make that money in the first year or in the second year. Um, so those dreams kind of like, you know, crashed, but I wasn't really, you know, like I wasn't really sad about it at all. But then, um, and I mean, now that I'm 25, I was just talking with, um, with my coach about it. I was like, I'm so happy with like me letting go of network marketing. And I, I was talking to him that basically my vision, uh, which that has always been like on the back of my mind was to grow my coaching business, to build my brand and to be able to host my own events and, you know, to like write a book and like do all this fancy stuff and have my own program and, you know, help people out and especially help young people like myself who either want to go to college or, you know, are already there, but then they graduate and they have no idea what to do. So um, that has been basically my vision. So like, I guess like for the next five years, um, I mean, I don't know if I'm going to have a family, like I might in the next five years. Um, but like, as far as business, like I, my full focus is just on growing the coaching business, um, my training company and helping entrepreneurs to get started online, just like I did a couple of years ago. I love it. That's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. That's a, that's a great vision. So, um, so have you discovered anything like intern internally, like, have you made any profound discoveries about yourself, your character on this journey? Yeah. Um, I think my character kind of changed a little bit over the years because back when I was 19 and I was just recording, I think I was probably like 20 when I recorded my first video and it's still on YouTube. Um, one of my, one of my customers found that video, uh, about two years ago and he posted it on my timeline on Facebook. And I was like, that's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> like, why did you do that? <laughs> but we're good friends. So he was like cracking up at this. And that was actually a bilingual video that I did for my network marketing company oh, at the time. That's like not now, no longer even around. And I looked at that video and sometimes I still look at it and I'm like, I was such an introvert. I was such an introvert. It's crazy. Like I was a really shy person. Um, 
like my whole life, I would say. I mean, I wasn't really like an outgoing person. Like I never really had like a big circle of friends where like I would go out every weekend and like get lit as people say <laughs> these days. Like I was always like, um, you know, I'm just going to study. I want to read some books, you know, I'm, I'll play like video games and whatnot. So I've always been like super reserved. But then when I tell people right now, they're like, I can, like, I don't believe that you're an introvert. Like people always view me as an extrovert. So I'm like, I mean, I'm kind of extrovert. Like I, I had to extrovert myself because I knew that I had to hang out with people, even though I'm, you know, very, very reserved. Like even still, like to this day, I only have maybe like a handful of friends um, that I talk to on a consistent basis. But then other than that, um, yeah, I feel like that's, that's been kind of one thing i mean honestly you know back when i was in school I, I still remember like i was one of those people who would organize some events in school because like i studied in jewish school so we had so many events like it like it wasn't a religious school uh, i was just like a regular like um you know regular school but like with you know we studied hebrew and traditions and history and all of that and you know i would i was like i was in school council like council so we would organize events pretty much every single month. So and I remember like they would make me speak on, on stage and like things like that. But I never really like, like I was still shy. Like I would get on stage and I would be like, oh my gosh, there's all these people. There's like 300 people in school or whatnot. And but I, like I was, I was super shy. So I think that's like, you know, being in the industry and really talking to people, you know, not only did it improve my English like a hundred times, but I guess like, I would say I probably became like a better person and like a cooler person a little bit. Um, Cause back, you know, when I was 20, I probably wouldn't really jump on this internet. <laughs> I would be too shy for that. That's awesome. Uh, so when you're talking to, um, when you have coaching clients that are introverted or afraid to get on video, what do you, what do you tell them? Do you, do you share that story or what do you have any advice to people to like, you know, get started? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of the times um, I would say, I mean, honestly, like, like I have a friend and she, the way she did it, um, I remember she told me that she went live on Facebook on a fake profile and she did it like privately. So like nobody would ever see it. So that's one thing that you can do. Um, you know, I've done some Facebook lives by mistake like this to where like I went live and it was just like the only me and I was wondering why nobody was watching or commenting. <laughs> so um, I had that funny moment happen, but I think that's one thing that you can do to practice because you don't have to edit anything. You don't have to worry about the softwares or like what to do. Um, before I even did a lot of videos, well, actually no, I was already doing videos, but they were just bad. And like, I really knew that I had to practice my English. So if you're listening right now and you're like, well, English is not my first language either. How do I practice? Um, I made a couple friends in the industry who we're still friends with and we would voice message all the time. So that way I don't have to be on camera, but I can still practice. And I know if I mess up during the voice message, then they're not really going to judge me because they all mess up as well. So that's like one thing. And honestly, like, had it not been for that, I would probably still not be able to get on the phone with people. I would still be like too shy for that because I would think, oh, what if I mess something up? What if they don't understand what I'm saying? So that's one thing. Um, the other thing um, that I think is really going to help you as far as like, even if you're an introvert, like I feel like if you prepare for your video, um, you have the bullet points and you know the subject, it is going to be a little bit easier because when you know what you're talking about, that always makes gives you that extra boost of confidence. So even if you 
you know, don't feel your best self, then you still know that like, I got it just because I know what I'm talking about. So, you know, and a lot of the times, I mean, obviously, like when I get on videos, like it's like a whole process. I have to put my makeup on. I have to like do my hair. So like whatever makes you feel good. Like if it makeup makes you feel good, do it. If you don't like makeup and you feel good about yourself just the way you are, but you just, you know, you're just a little bit shy, just know your subject really well and just start practicing. Even, um, you know, the other thing that helped me was also getting on video calls with my friends. Like we would get like on the quick video chats and it's, if you think about it, a Facebook live or a YouTube video, same thing so if you know how to get on a like facetime call or on a zoom call with a friend of yours um it's the same thing getting on video when there's really just like people out there and you can't really like talk talk to them so it's a process but i feel like this step you know steps can help you out with that i agree i think i think that you know i never really thought about using like just the video messages to like get used to it. But that's so true because I remember like, I didn't used to like to send video messages, uh, you know, not, I'm just talking about messenger and like, mm -hmm. but, but once you do it a few times, you just get used to doing it. I think that's, I really think that's the key is just get started and, yeah. and do it. So, okay, great. Jelena. Well, are there any, uh, are there any like trends, like social media trends that you know of that we need to be watching coming down the pipeline? Yeah, so I've been, um, you know, I've been testing se several different things uh, as far as like different types of content. Um, actually, I've been like testing things out on three platforms. I've been on Facebook, on Instagram, and I recently got myself on LinkedIn just because Facebook has been, I don't know if this has been happening to anybody else. I know it has been happening to a couple of my friends, but recently I posted in three Facebook groups, uh, some valuable information, and then Facebook banned me. And then... Uh, I kept posting in my own Facebook group and they kept extending the um, restriction. Like I had to come, I had to contact the Facebook support and ask like, Hey guys, what's going on? Like I haven't really been like a spammer or anything. I've always been using groups the same way I'm using them right now. And basically they told me, Hey, if you like, we're sorry to hear that, you know, that's what they always say. Mm -hmm. And if you um, basically continue using this feature, then you're going to keep getting into jail and that's like, you're basically risking losing your personal account. And I was like, what? <laughs> so that just blew my mind. So basically for a week, for a whole week, I was in uh, like restricted by Facebook. Maybe it was like even 10 days or something like that. Like it was, yeah, it was basically like a whole week was like a waste on Facebook. I couldn't go to groups. I couldn't network. I couldn't even post anything in my own group because that would always get me like an automatic restriction for another extra 24 hours. And that was also on the week when I decided to give my Facebook group more attention. And I had like a whole week of content scheduled. Every single time that post would go live, I would get a, a restriction by Facebook. So I was like, okay, Facebook, if you don't want to play, I'm just going to go to LinkedIn. Like I've always wanted to go. So I've been going there and kind of seeing what's happening. So as far as Facebook, honestly, I will say you have to be super, super careful. Um, I think you have to also like, I guess, like with Facebook and Instagram, you have to train the platform as far as like what you're doing. So you can't go into uh, Facebook and just send 20 friend requests. Like you just can't, you know, like that's going to be spammy. They are going to put you into, you know, Facebook jail. Honestly, you should not do anything fast like a robot. Um, I mean, I posted in just three groups and that already signaled Facebook like, hey, this girl is like misbehaving or whatever. So that was not... 
that, that, that was just crazy to me because I have like, that was the same thing I've been doing. I mean, Steph, I taught you this strategy of going and posting valuable <laughs> content in groups. <laughs> so I was like, what? <laughs> What's I, going on? That is but crazy. I still had to take a break from that altogether. Um, and I mean, as far as content ideas and as far as like what has been working, um, I had been posting, like I have not been going live in the last maybe like, I would say 10 days or like two weeks. So it's been over 10 days because I have noticed that Facebook live engagement has dropped. So, um, you know, I don't know, like have you experienced the same stuff? You have actually, yes. So yeah, I've been kind of like, I mean, I don't know if I want to go live. So, you know, I've been kind of like, you know, doing it here and there. I'm like, well, I'm still doing really good topics. So I'm like, I don't know if like, I'm just kind of wasting my time. So I went on to YouTube more for video content and then Facebook profile and my Facebook group. I've basically been treating them just to grow my audience and nurture those relationships and build the relationships more than even, you know, worry about going live. Like I would go live every now and then if I have something important to talk about, but I feel like you really have to be either super strategic about your Facebook life, have a really, really good title. And then also a strong call to action. Because honestly, like I haven't even been generating a whole lot of leads through Facebook lives. I've been getting more leads from my old articles that I posted in 2016 than I have been getting from Facebook lives. So I've been kind of like thinking. So honestly, I would say for your overall content strategy, and I think that's like one trend that you always have to think like that trend has, is going to be like forever. You have two types of content. You have one that's um, basically your, I guess like, I don't know how to call it immediate or like, so let's just call it social media content. Um, so like you post it and then it's there maybe for like maximum seven days in the feed. Right. And then it dies down and then nobody can find it like on Facebook or Instagram. Um, I mean, on LinkedIn, you do have a little bit better chance these days to um, get noticed because I do see LinkedIn as a kind of untapped platform at this point. So we kind of have to maybe like keep it as a top secret or something. So not all marketers <laughs> jump on it. Yeah, right. Um, but as far as, um, and then like you have, so you have social media content and then you have your evergreen content. So your evergreen content is stuff that's ranked on Google or on YouTube or honestly, even a podcast, I would still consider it, a, right. um, you know, something um, that can be ranked on, like I've seen iTunes and like podcasts being ranked on Google as well. So those are the pieces of content that you put out. You may not get a whole lot of leads right now if you're just starting out, but down the line, you're still going to be getting leads. Like honestly, it blows my mind every now and then when, you know, I pretty much get leads every single week from articles of 2016, 2015, 2017. I mean, even those articles that I'm not really proud of, like, <laughs> but they're still ranking and they're still out there. So I would say that you know, no matter what you do, as far as your content, you have to have basically two platforms, one that's going to be either to stay and one that's going to, you know, drive traffic to that platform and give you the leads right now. Right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I find that very interesting on the Facebook groups. I, um, you know, I did a video challenge in December and I literally had started the video challenge. Every time I tried to go live in the group, they would shut me down. And it was my own group. And so I actually had to like come in through StreamYard or BeLive or, you know, one of those other, you know, platforms to actually get the video in the group. It was the strangest thing. So I don't know what's going on with Facebook, but anyway, so same thing. But anyway, well, Jelena, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for coming again, coming back actually. And this has been really rich. There's so much good stuff in here. 
So thank you so much. Yeah, so, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you so, so much for inviting me. My pleasure. Oh, I love it. Uh, so tell us where we can, where they can find you, your content, where they can look you up. Yeah, I mean, my website is kind of my main hub, julianastrovska.com. So uh, I have all my social media platforms out there, but like my main place is still Facebook. You know, even when we like have that love and hate relationship, <laughs> I still am on Facebook. So you can always look me up by my name there. And um, yeah, so my, on my website, you can see like all the, all the goodies. Awesome. So we will uh, we'll link those in the show notes. And I believe you have a content calendar on, is on your website as well that you can go check out if you're in the need of uh, figuring your content out. So awesome. Yeah, well, yeah you can go there. Yeah, it's, it's on the homepage on my site. Good deal. We'll link those in the show notes. And thanks again, Jelena. This is uh, been this is Steph Shinneberry with Authority Marketing Edge. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you've enjoyed the show, please give us a review, and I'll send over the Authority Marketing Guide: the why and how you should be positioning yourself as an authority. Again, thanks for joining us. This is Steph Shinneberry with Authority Marketing Edge. <laughs>